Hey, this is Dan Wickland, and you're listening to The Night Nerd. Welcome to The Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance. It's Wednesday, so we're going to talk some comic books. All week, we're celebrating the Joker. We're just hours away, well... A day away, I guess, now from it coming out. And we're really excited. And I say we because it's not just me talking about the Joker. We also have Colby from Blah Blah Comics. Colby, how are you doing today, sir? I'm doing pretty great. You know me. If you mention the Umbrella Academy, if you talk about the Chance, I'll show up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know. <laughs> and some Gerard Way in there, too, just for good measure. Um, so we've been, you know, we talked about the Joker in all these iconic video games. We talked about all these iconic actors portrayal of joker and we may have said some things that aren't too popular but it's what we believe and curious to see what kind of backlash comes from all that but today uh, i want to talk a couple of things today real quick before we got started on the deep dive stuff i want to talk about the origin of the joker and i don't mean like the man who laughs and all that stuff but the big reveal at the end of New 52 that there were three Jokers. Oh, like so long ago now. I know. Well, and they brought it back up in Rebirth. And poor, poor Jeff Johns, man. I guess he just, I think he just kind of got overwhelmed with the film and the comics and everything because, you know, three Jokers was supposed to come out. Doomsday Clock was supposed to run concurrent with the first year of Rebirth. And here we are like three years into Rebirth. And still haven't got the last issue. We're at the point now where we're rumored to be stepping into the next error after Rebirth, and we're already still haven't quite wrapped up Doomsday Clock. We're almost there, but not quite yet. Which I I was reading a thing uh, with Jason. Is it Faybach? Is that how you say that name? I think so. Faybach, Faybach. I'm not really sure to be honest. He's he's the artist on Three Jokers that Jeff Johns is writing, and he said. He said, at this point, we're treating it like the killing joke, where if fans want it to be canon, it can, but if they don't want it to be canon, it doesn't have to be. And I thought that was real interesting. That is very interesting, because killing joke, especially talking about, like, origins of joke and stuff, has always been such a controversial piece for so many reasons, and it'd be... Jeff Johns is in an interesting place where he is definitely trying to uh, put... Alan Moore's work and make it fit into DC the best he can. Yeah. And, you know, I just, I just hope that they learn their lesson from Doomsday Clock and get like at least two of the three books. Cause I think it's only going to be like a three issue miniseries. Uh, that, would, that would also be good because Doomsday Clock, I, I mean, I'm enjoying it now, but it took a while to get to a fun point. Well, it's just by the time the new issue comes out, it's like, wait a minute. What yeah. you read it and you're like, uh, I have to go back and read the last issues because it's been so long and I don't remember. And I think with the three jokers, you know, if you can if they can stay on top of it, I think that's what's gonna cement it in, in fans' minds. Because if it takes a year and a half for three issues to come out, fans are gonna be like, Oh yeah, that was that weird miniseries that came out. But I think if you do like bam, bam, bam and it's fresh and it's hot and you know, p- people are talking about it and doesn't lose buzz that's how you're going to get it to stick. Yeah, I agree. I think you have to, especially for a mystery like this, which 
again, like you said, uh, coming out of the very end of Dark Side War, going into Rebirth, the, the reveal that there are three Jokers, and nothing about that being touched since. It's a, fans definitely want some kind of answer, and the quicker they get a resolute, actual answer, the better. I mean, I feel like at this point, the three Jokers is for DC what the third Summers Brothers was for Marvel. Yeah, I mean, crap. Now with now with House and Power, yeah, we're we're getting all that. Yeah. Fun stuff, so. Yeah, it just because you remember, like all through the nineties, it was like Mister Sinister, like oh, there's a third Summers brother, and they're like, it's not Adam X, but it's not not Adam X, and then it just disappeared, and like fifteen years later, it's like oh yeah, it's uh, this dude up in space, who I, I forget his name, but what is his yeah. name? He's going to be in the new X Men series, though. Yeah, he's on the cover I, anyway. I really hope that we have some kind of. That's my big fear with the three Jokers. Is I'm so hoping it's not just another. I love Jeff Johns, but Jeff Johns is the thing where when he's writing concurrently monthly, him having these big epic cliffhangers is fine. It makes sense, but it's like he still writes that way, even though he only has like one book a year coming out. Yeah, it's. And I mean, I again, this is kind of something we got into yesterday, but I think that's a lot of behind the scenes stuff like yeah dan Dio or whoever needs to be like hey get your stuff together we're gonna publish the book let's go let's get it going and this out now because yes yeah, it's, it's very interesting like there's been so many rumors and so many possibilities for what the three joker means and the fact that we have not really got anything definitive now still is kind of mind-boggling yeah because i mean i think well because it was one of those that the three jokers uh, the JSA and the Legion were all, nobody was allowed to touch them until Jeff Johns told his story. But now that it's been so long, they're letting Snyder play with the JSA and they're letting Bendis do the Legion. So y- you got to wonder what people like Snyder or um, King or Tinian or any of them could do if they got to play with the Jokers, you know? Yeah. I mean... I, I, I think that's the other issue. Is, you know, for a long time, Johns was such the the top, you know, the top dog or one of the top dogs at DC, and now we're at a point where, like you just mentioned, they have some very strong names that are selling very well and making stories that are resonating with their audience. You have whether it be Bendis still, you know, however long now on Superman, still making compelling Superman. You got Snyder doing crazy stuff with Justice League. You have King doing kind of divisive, but still stuff that's landing for. A lot of people with his Batman, you got Kenny and rising up doing some cool stuff. And meanwhile, Jeff Johns is still there. Yeah. Well, you got Tom Taylor with all of his injustice and deceased. And he's about to take over Suicide Squad. And Joshua Williamson has always seemed like he's on the verge of doing some bigger stuff. Oh, man. I love, 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 love his his Flash stuff. It's just great. Yeah. I'm hearing, I hear great things about him, I think. He's definitely kind of leaning in that direction. You kind of have Grant Morrison dipping his toes back into DC, so Jeff Johns really needs to probably come back pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, especially now. I mean, yeah, because there's just so many. Even before you had Bendis, you know, all those other names, but now Bendis is doing some of the best writing he's done in a decade. Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I know we talked on Blah Blah, but it, this is the same Bendis that was writing, like Ultimate Spider-Man, or writing Daredevil and, yeah. Collins needs to really. The three Jokers needs to do something big because Joker right now is an interesting place because 
Snyder has been playing with him off and on and has kind of been telling his Joker story, but and King has definitely played with them, but they've been so vastly different that it makes sense to have this three Joker story come out pretty soon because it, it possibly could make great sense of how we have this crazy force of nature, possibly eternally existing demonic force of nature that is Snyder's Joker in the same universe that we have the much more grounded King Joker. Yeah. Yeah. The kind of, uh, well, to go back to yesterday's show, I feel like King's Joker is that Jack Nicholson, Jared Leto Joker, and yeah. Snyder's Joker is like the Heath Ledger Joker. Very much, I can definitely see that. But like, you don't really know where he came from. You don't really know what he's doing. You don't know if it's a man, a myth, or something beyond that. And then when you have that opposed to the very grounded, hey, he's robbing a bank. It's like, oh, that's something that makes sense for Joker to do, but not for this Joker. Yeah. I just... Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that was supposed to be a quick segue thing. Not a thing. <laughs> Either way, I think we're both at least interested in the three Joker book coming out. I'll, I'll definitely, I will definitely pick it up and see what's going on. But it's, it's, we'll talk about this more tomorrow. It's like you're, there are several properties right now that I keep saying this, but like it's a Joker movie. I feel like it could end up being one of my favorite things or something that in five years I just look back and go, like, man, I can't believe they did that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but speaking of Joker stories and things, what are some of your favorite Joker stories from comics? Just you know, one, two, three. Or I mean, they don't have to be in order. But what are some Joker stories you like from comics? There's a lot. I've always Derek of course hates this, but one of my personal favorites is uh, Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo, Batman in game. Seeing this. One of these final Batman fights and this epic Joker just being going into his final game plan and being like, hey, I no longer want to win you over. Now he's going to kill you, Batman. Like having that epic final Batman tell that actually felt like a finale, especially because you had the weird stuff with DCU or DCYOU right after. You had not until Rebirth that we really start getting the old Joker back. Uh, I love that. I love there was a back in uh, Bug and Enter the Forger, there was a backup to those comics. And it was like very like 50, like 50 60s fun, fun stuff. But it has one of the creepiest Joker moments ever because it gets throughout the issue that gets more and more meta until the one of the finales for it where it's them talking about characters being able to go on beyond the page as Joker just breaking the fourth long comics and looking at the reader and like, oh, not only can I go through, I can kill through the page too. Oh yeah, I remember that. That was a big... And it was like a very like, oh, that is legitimately creepy. Yeah. Uh, there were that. Uh, I'm trying to think of ones that don't get mentioned a ton because you always have the classics of like the killing jokes and the man who laughs and some, and those are all great. Uh, one I... I'm not a fan of the killing joke. I know I'm in the super minority, but I'm just not a fan of the killing joke. I go back and forth. I I like it, but I definitely can see I will never be upset with someone not liking it because it's very, very different. It's it's one of those things where Alan Moore was not trying to write a canon story. It was clearly meant to be something very different, and he himself is not necessarily a fan of it anymore either. So it's it's an interesting story. Uh, If I had to pick another one, honestly... It's another controversial one, but Brian Azzarello's just Joker. Yeah. Was such a different 
and talk about the ground, like the the, the possibly one of the most grounded, distort, disturbing Joker stories. And that is just such a gut punch of a story that I can't recommend to everybody. But if you like disturbing, crazy Joker stories, that's definitely it. So on the flip side, like as far as you can get from that story, <laughs> I like the Emperor Joker storyline in Superman. Yeah. It's like, what happens if you give Joker the power of a god? You know, what is he going to do? And just seeing that crazy world and he's, yeah, he's messing with Superman, but it's still pretty dark the way he like kills Batman every day and then brings him back. And everything that he does, you're just like, okay. And, you know, you have that uh, Ed McGinnis art, which is great. Like, I I love Ed McGinnis, very kind of superhero bubbly but then, so it kind of makes it seem like a lighter story than it really is. But then you get to looking at it and you're like, oh no, this is, this is actually a pretty dark story. And I think that's putting Joker in a place that nobody put him before. And is, it's a lot of fun. And I think is in, you know, we talked about it on Monday. I love when heroes and villains kind of swap a little bit. And uh, yeah, that's why I'm, I, I think it's a great story. No, I agree. That's, that's a very underlooked too. Like, it's, you see the artwork for it, but I feel like you don't actually see people talk about that one a lot anymore. Yeah, I read it again not too long ago, and I was like, man, this is this is a solid story. I I enjoyed. Also, another one that I'm kind of surprised you didn't mention was um, Serious House on Serious Earth, Arkham Asylum. Yeah, that is actually one that I'm very that. It's all if I I, mean, I named three if I had a fourth one to put up there and that's definitely been it. It's uh one of my favorite one of my favorite ones for sure. Yeah, and I feel that just as far as Joker stories, you know, I know if Derek was here, he'd be spouting off like the the one with the Joker fish and all those Silver Age stories and everything. Um, but I feel like you can't talk a Joker story without talking about death in the family. You know, you had Joker killing Robin, and that is crazy. Especially, I mean, you look at the team behind it. You got Jim Starlin, Marv Wolfman, and the fact that it was a a poll. You know, people got to call in and vote on how sadistic the Joker was going to be. You know, I I think we have to at least mention that as an important Joker story. Oh, no, I agree. And it's one of the most, like, long-standing deaths in comics history for so long, Jason Todd's staying dead. Mm-hmm. And, and also, I mean, in Jason Todd's turn in the Red Hood, how long he never, you know, unlike many deaths, he never reverted back to his previous character. He was always checked by that. I thought that's something that was always rather cool, that he that truly had a lasting effect in a world of, um, in a medium that typically doesn't have a much, a very long shelf life for things like that. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the long-running Joker, the only people that stay dead are Uncle Ben, Bucky, and Jason Todd, but now we know the two of those that have came back came out as, like, crazy assassins, so that, yeah. <laughs> at least, that speaks for something, I guess. I, yeah, that's true. I mean, crap, you even had uh, Superman's dad coming back recently, so. Oh, yeah, as a crazy assassin guy. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh. Man, like now we just need that Uncle Ben coming back as a crazy assassin. The, I don't know, what, Dark Ben or the Beninator, I don't know, something like that. We need some weird, like, spidery, there's already a Black Widow, so like a brown recruit. 
<laughs> the bin recluse. Yeah. <laughs> he just sits in the corner and judges everybody for not being responsible. Writing angry notes to all the villains. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. There, but, you know, there's a lot of good Joker stories. I mean, we just named off a dozen right there. And there's Joker again. And even Joker-esque related stories. I mean, we're living in the air right now. We just had the War of Jokes and Riddles. Joker being heavily involved in metal. You have Grant Morrison played a lot with him and, and throughout his run, he was mentioned here and there. You had, I mean, a character that's, again, that's been around for so long and so prevalent for so long, and you had so many versions of Like you mentioned, me and you didn't necessarily mention him, but Derek would definitely mention him more. Comedic side, the more kind of just slapsticky version from 60s and 70s and every now and then popping up in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. I think it's interesting, a uh, little, little tidbit for the listeners at home, that Joker actually died in his first appearance. But DC at the time was like, you know, I think we're on to something here. And so at the last second, they changed the end of the comic to where he doesn't die. And now we have the Joker. And yeah. See, back in the day, in the 30s, DC knew what they were doing. Uh, <laughs> That's right. That's, gotta, had to create some cool stuff, and they just kept going with it. Yeah. It was, but different time, I guess. Uh, let us know, though, what's your favorite Joker story? We'd love to. Did we leave one off? Or do you like, like some of the Joker team up stuff, the Harley Quinn stuff? There's so much out there. You know, yeah, or even any of the animated shows. There's a lot of those that are yeah. really great. Um, and some of them in the movie. I mean, just so many good Joker stories. So, yeah, I'd love to hear what, what you think. You can let us know in the comments below here on SoundCloud or on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, we're out there and everywhere, and would love to hear from you. Just look for The Night Nerd. Uh, email me, nightnerd at thenightnerd.com. Bowie, where can they find you out there? I am at F5 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find us at blah, blah, pod on most things. Uh, also, on the same channel you're listening to this on, you can probably find the newest blah, blah, either from last week or next week. will be up soon, so you listen, look for that, too. Nice, nice. Well, awesome. Well, that's going to do it for us today. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. Smile, though your heart is aching. Smile, even though it's breaking. 